Welcome to Miami Creators. I am your host, Corrado, and I'm a photographer here in beautiful Miami, Florida. And each week, I bring you the inspiring stories behind Miami's most influential businesses, individuals, entrepreneurs, and more. Today, we are joined by the one and only Lori Jennings, a six-time Emmy Award-winning TV news reporter and anchor whose career spans 30-plus years. Lori is also a mentor and motivational speaker who has emceed hundreds of charity events while anchoring thousands of hours of live local and national TV programs. Today, you'll hear Lori and I discuss the keys to her successful career, the launch of her new business, Lori Jennings Live, the importance of public speaking and media training, and much, much more. So, without further ado, enjoy this fun and inspiring conversation with Lori Jennings. Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you, Corrado. It's really nice to be with you. As we were talking right before we started recording, we're still under quarantine. So we were supposed to be doing this in person, but then it, now we're doing it remote because of COVID-19. Um, and but everything's remote, right? Everything is now. So I think you and I thought, what, what are we waiting for? Let's just do it. Right from the house. Why not? Exactly. And we'll, we'll definitely get into some of these things. I, I'm curious to know how this coronavirus and everything is maybe playing into your life, your business, all of the things that you have going on. I'm curious to hear. But maybe to start off, you know, you've just come off 30 plus years in the news business. Um, you've embarked in some amazing new ventures. And so maybe you can take a couple of minutes to add some context for the listeners of your background, what you've been working on, everything. So many people must wonder, why would she step away? How could she give up such an amazing, amazing job? And I tell you, the career in my mind, it's always been more of a career. And TV will always, and storytelling will always be part of my life. I think I'll do that till I'm old and gray. But as far as the nightly news and the commitment of being the main anchor, I think after 30 years, and 15 solid years at Channel 10, which were amazing. 21 years in Miami between Channel 7 and Channel 10 with a little one-year hiatus in New York to MSNBC. So I could get my case to the network and know that I wanted to come back to Miami. But with all that, I just thought, you know what? My kids are about to turn, they were about to turn 14 a year ago. My husband has been so understanding for the last 15 years at Channel 10. I mean, imagine you, you're married. You wouldn't, you'd never have your wife home to go to sleep with. I mean, ever. Right. You're, you're always going to bed at different times. He worked, you know, seven in the morning till seven at night. I worked 2 p.m. to midnight. I mean, we never saw much of each other. It was crazy. So, and then my, my parents are getting older and I'm so blessed they're still alive. Everything just kind of came full circle. And of course, as that 30 year mark was nearing, maybe it was 29 and a half, you know, I thought, you know, I just, what am I waiting for? If life is so short, and especially in the media and in news, you report on so many life-altering events, like 9-11, like Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, like the FIU bridge collapse, to think of just the, the two big events just in the few months before I stepped away. I mean, to right. be there covering such awful, awful events as Marjorie Stoneman Douglas and school shooting, and then the FIU bridge collapse, both cases were just this rocks you to your core. And I couldn't believe I was reporting on these right in our community. And you just realize that life is short. Life is really, really short. And if I had the ability to step away and get a little flexibility, but still be a major 
force in this community, use my connections for good, stay in touch with all my charities, be involved with other TV projects, and maybe some national projects I'm aiming for, some national TV projects that I can dabble in that are a little more flexible. Maybe I fly up to LA or New York and do a little, what they call a block shoot, do a few episodes at once, fill in on some network newscasts or news shows, anything, all kinds of different ideas are floating through my mind and are in the work. And so that's what I want to do. Take my skills and still be a mentor out there, but find a little more flexibility than 2 p.m. to midnight or one in the morning every night of my life. What do you think are some of those things that allowed you to have such a successful career and, and have the impact that you had and continue to have for the community? I hope it's having a voice, having a presence, I said on another podcast recently with a friend, it was all about kind of winning Wednesdays and, and how, do you, how do you create winning careers and build yourself. And the greatest skill I can possibly say to people when you're in high school and college and young people out there is to learn how to be on stage, learn how to be in front of the camera, learn how to hold your body and have some poise and grace and be able to capture an audience in the palm of your hand. To be able to do that and not sweat to death and not be so, so nervous, to have a show like you're doing, Corrado, to be able to do this is the best skill that will carry you through your life. Whoever knew we would be dealing with a situation like this where everyone's going to be right. <laughs> zooming and on camera and trying to learn how to do what you and I do. Right. But having that skill to be on camera, to stand correctly, to hold your body correctly, to be able, whether it's acting, photography, newscasting, any career. It's just, it's so amazing to be able to, even as a business, obviously as a business person, a CEO, to be able to hold people's attention and command an audience is such an important skill. So I always laugh when parents say, I'm not sending you to college for theater 101 or debate 105. I'm like, are you kidding me? Those skills are phenomenal. So anything you can get your kids involved in or speaking to the college kids out there now, if you can get into those theater classes, the debate classes, the public speaking classes, that is what I think will carry you in any career field the furthest. Yeah, I always tell all of my friends or anyone who asks to sign up at your local Toastmasters. Like I went through Toastmasters yes. many years ago, and it's one of those things that I may not be able to give a TED talk level speech, <laughs> but the fact that you can present and that you can talk and that you can get those nerves out of the way. It's a skill that I will forever be grateful to Toastmasters for. And it is so vital. It's so true. It's so true. And now it's really true because it can be really painful when everyone's online and, and talking online if people don't have some sense of their backdrop, of how they're holding their body, of whether they're talking with their hands every three seconds. All right all these things and the quality of their voice. And, and then, you, then you can take it up. You can keep kicking it up a notch. I was exactly. trying to kick it up a notch my whole career. You can always do better and you can always fine tune how you're breathing, how you're speaking, everything. But and in general, having those skills is really key. And that's part of what you're doing nowadays. So maybe you can talk a little bit about what you are working on these days and how all of your experience comes into play. Well, for example, Gulliver Schools, I, I did that for fun. My friend teaches over there. And she said, you know, Lori, our kids applying to colleges could really use some help in their interview skills. Would you come on over and put them through the test? 
So I did. And I went on over there and made each one walk in and interview with me as if I was a college counselor. And it was fascinating. And I got the nicest thank you notes from them all. And I'm waiting to hear every school they're getting into. But it was wonderful. And I was able to help them with their confidence, their poise, throwing their shoulders back, how they were seated, how they, how much jiggling jewelry they had on, or how many you knows and likes and uhs and ums they said, how they wore their hair, simple things, but mostly how they carried themselves, how they, I, I made one boy walk in and out of the room five times and just practice his handshake with me. <laughs> he, was, he was phenomenal, but he was so fast through the handshake. He just wanted to shake my hand and sit down. I was like, wait a minute, slow down, big boy. He was a big football player and he was phenomenal. And I bet you he's going to get into the best school around. So it was a great, I love working with young people like that. And people are calling me for voice help. I was lucky to get trained all through high school and college and beyond by some of the best voice teachers in the New York City area, because I grew up in Greenwich, Connecticut, and I had the most beautiful, wonderful voice teacher, and she taught me so much. And then I worked with some people in New York City when I was at the network. So I really want to share those skills with people. It's hard to find great voice trainers and great voice coaches here in South Florida. So I hope I can help people with that. And so you're helping corporations and all of those types of people, right? Yes, everyone seems to want media training everywhere I go. So I'm still doing my on-camera work and I'm looking for some wonderful TV projects that are all in development because I want to stay on camera and be the communicator, be the voice for people, hopefully some wonderful South Florida organizations, these huge firms that are based here doing wonderful things, corporations that have long been based in South Florida. I want to be their voice and their communicator, their, the face and voice that people associate with that. And then at the same time, help young people, especially, and corporate executives with media training and how to represent themselves the best and put their best foot forward. It's important to note of how quickly you may need that skill, right? Like this is a perfect example of what we're living through right now. Whether you work at Publix or wherever, it's only a matter of hours before you have camera crew outside wanting to interview you. And if you can't put two thoughts together. So true. And every organization right now, all the organizations I was talking to about doing some media training now, it's a little hard. We can only do it this way. And it is so much better if I can be there in person with someone. I really do like to physically work with someone and how they carry their body and how they tilt their head and how they speak and breathe and the kind of setting we would put them in. But it's a little harder, much harder to do it now via internet. But at least people are really seeing how much they need it. Going back a little bit towards your career, and you talked a little bit about the events that you were able to cover, both the good and the bad. What are some of the most memorable things that you got to cover in your career? Being in Rome, in Vatican City, several times was huge in my career and just a huge personal moment. I, being there when Pope John Paul II passed away and seeing the entire world flood into Vatican City. I was there for nine days with just one photographer, my chief photographer and I together. Most people would have a crew you know, of producers and cameramen and audio men and the networks would send several people. It was just the two of us. And we did entire shows live from there. I was reporting all day. We barely would sleep. We just got the story done and we would anchor entire newscasts, report stories, and to see people literally filling every bit of the cobblestone streets there. I mean, you couldn't, you were stepping over bodies because people were sleeping in the streets. Wow. They had come from all over the world and there was nowhere they wanted to be more than right there in Vatican City to remember Pope John Paul II. I mean, what a force in this world. 
And then to be there when Pope Francis was coronated, I mean, that was huge. The people's Pope, I could practically reach out and touch him. It was just absolutely phenomenal to experience that in Vatican City. And to bring those worldwide stories home to the audience here in South Florida, that's what I love doing, just to take people away a little bit. And luckily, Channel 10 especially really saw that skill in me. They liked sending me out around the world. They loved sending me out on major news stories that would be the majority of the newscast. Then they would send me, which really felt wonderful. And it brought my career to a whole new level as well to be there during the Haiti earthquake and to see that death and destruction firsthand. I was there about 10 days after the quake and all of the infections had set in and all of the struggling and, oh, it was literally the worst thing I've ever covered in my entire life to see that in such poverty. And then to cover Marjorie Stoneman Douglas was by far one of the hardest things I've ever covered. And I remember when the words came out of my mouth that all these students had been killed, that we really had confirmed it. And I just was rocked to the core. Couldn't, couldn't imagine what parents were feeling and what was going on in our community. None of us could believe that that was happening just a mile or two or a few miles from our homes. And I kept thinking of my own children, sending them off to school that day about the same age and them not coming home. So when you're doing something like that, what's going through your mind? Because I would imagine to a certain degree, you are aware that you're kind of the messenger who people are turning to and getting their information from. But also, you know that every single word you say is going to have an impact, whether it's to calm them down, to console. Like, What's going through your head? How are you personally approaching that? And that's where tone comes into play. And I think just life experience and being a parent, having lived long enough to really have experienced some ups and downs in your life, and you just try to pull upon your most relatable self and you just be human. But at the same point, you're right, you're anchoring a newscast. In that moment, though, it's not, there's nothing scripted. There's no one to guide you. The newsrooms are running crazy just trying to gather the facts and get interviews. No one's really listening in on every word except you and your co-anchor. And it's up to the two of you or sometimes you alone to just create the right tone. And you have to get the news out quickly and you want people to have the latest, but you have to keep it in a very delicate, comforting tone so that people don't feel panicked and people want to stay tuned to you. And you, as a woman, you don't let your voice get too high and too panicky and too rushed. It's, there's so much involved. And that's, again, part of teaching people how to use their voice. And that's coming from the heart, but it also has to be professional and very specific. And yes, you're thinking about every word coming out of your mouth. It's a tremendous pressure. But in that moment, you just have to be your most human self and try to keep the general tone of the show, of the newscast, of the presentation, just so that Everybody out there wants to stay with you and trust you. And some of that just comes from years of experience and years of bonding with your audience. Of course. What would you say are some of the experiences that most shaped who you are today? Ooh, that's a big question. That's a big, big question. Um, I think how we all grow up is certainly really, really important. And uh, I had two wonderful parents, but two very different parents, just not meant to be married. They were divorced when I was five in Connecticut in the town of Greenwich outside New York City. And I think that created me and built me into a very independent person. And my parents never did one bit of homework with me or pressured me about school, but I was just a straight A kid. They were just 
saw something in me and they said, go, do your thing. But they never had to really overly worry about me. I just grew up as very independent, pretty darn smart, kind to everyone and a hard worker. And as I got the sense that I was a pretty good singer and actress, people wanted me to go to Broadway and people were telling me, forget college, go to Broadway. You can act and sing, you can do this. So I went into the city for one summer to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. And I loved it. And I was so tempted to start hitting Broadway and start auditioning with my little eight by 10 and running around New York City. But I was also a straight A kid. And I was living around all the Ivy League schools up in New England. And my friends were all aiming for Ivy League schools. And I just couldn't give up college at that point to go with an agent and be in New York. And she said to me, Lori, I'll take you on, but you can't go to college. And when you talk about defining moments in your life, I think that was a big one. You know, do I go to Broadway, drive for it even, or do I, do I pedal my wares? You know, do I start waitressing and acting in New York City, or do I go to one of the best colleges in the country? And I just knew at that point I couldn't give it up. I couldn't give up Cornell or Brown where I was accepted. So I chose Cornell, and I thought I'd be able to act there. And all the graduate students took all the roles that I could barely get in, even on stage anywhere. But there was a little microphone in the school newspaper at Cornell and it said, come get trained to be a radio DJ or newscaster. And I was like, well, heck, I can do that. I'm a great writer and I know current events and I've been acting in high school. I can do this. Microphones don't bother me. And from that moment on, as soon as I was at this little tiny station, WBDR, Channel 27, I think, in, in Ithaca, New York, where Cornell is, as soon as I hit the radio waves, I just knew that something clicked. It was the right combination for me of the performer, but also the intellect and the writer and very quickly, radio turned to television, my first internships, and got my master's just to have it behind me and make sure I was really prepared. And off I went to Youngstown, Ohio. And from there, the rest is history. That's incredible. And this is the I, this is the second time that that radio station comes up because it came up when I interviewed uh, John Morales because he oh, also... That's right. That's right. That's right. We both went to Cornell, right? And he, WBBR, and they still try to keep us involved. And it was a, it was a great place to get trained. That's fantastic. Um, any quotes that you think of often or that you try to live by? A quote that I was keeping on my phone every day for the last two years before I stepped away from the news was, don't let fear keep you from your destiny. And I've never feared anything but we all fear change a little bit. And that's a drastic change. And to step away from such a huge, huge job. Again, I feel like my career keeps going, but the job of being a main anchor, I just knew for me that that chapter was ending and I wanted a new chapter. So I really, people always say, have you retired? And I, I really don't think of it as retiring. I just want flexibility. And I'm just doing a new chapter in this TV career of mine. Kind of, instead of the news lady, I'm now the TV lady. Still the communicator, still the voice, still the community, volunteer and community activist out there, always pulling for South Florida. But I kept that on my phone for quite a while because messages like that kept reverberating with me for a couple of years. So I knew that the time was coming close, that I was ready to actually step away. But it was scary. I mean, who the heck leaves a job like that? Who would walk away from being the main anchor at a major station in Miami, Florida? But I knew for me, I kept saying, don't let fear or fear of the unknown, keep you from your destiny. And I just had a feeling that my destiny was still to be had. A new chapter is meant to be had. That is fantastic. We do something in the show, which is called the Miami Rapid Fire segment. Oh, fun. Okay. Which is 
I'm going to ask you a quick question and you got to answer the first thing that comes to mind about Miami living. Okay. Deal. So first, favorite Miami food spot and dish? Oh, if I could be a Q right now, having that tuna on the, the rice balls. Oh my God, that's so good. Or, or, oh my gosh, Zuma. I love Zuma and Q. I mean, if I'm going to be in Miami, I, that's where I want to be. Tuna and rice crisps and rice. Oh, yummy. Yes. I'm, get, I'm getting really hungry now. I know. And, and we can't go there because <laughs> we can't really go they're closed. Oh my gosh. I would soon, love soon, 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 soon. Okay. Perfect way to spend a Miami weekend. Oh, well, definitely with my, my preteen boys. They're 14 now. They keep me running. So I love on a Saturday or Sunday to be with them and do tennis and get on our bikes and jump in the pool and shoot some hoops with them and kind of do the basketball in the pool and just hang out with family. That is the best. And be active. Try to get a, They always run me around. And then by night, yes, I want to be at Q or I want to be down at Zumo, down in right in downtown Miami somewhere with a nice cosmopolitan and enjoying the gorgeous city. I always want to be inside every new restaurant in Miami, too. I, I always want to know my city. I want to know every fun spot. I hate not being in the know. So any new spot in Wynwood, any new spot in the design district, I'm there. I want to try it. Love it. If you are stuck in Miami traffic, what are you <laughs> listening to? Oh, my gosh. Okay, I would. I have a feeling I'd be listening to serious radio and I'd be listening to the news channel. Yes, okay. I've got all the news channels on there and I would be totally listening to a combination of CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, you know, Okay. All of them. I, I'd be just flicking around headline news and just getting getting ready and for the day normally in my news days. And now I'd love to tell you I'd be listening to some really hip station, but my true friends know that I am the easy listening queen. <laughs> I'm so ridiculous that way. Absolutely ridiculous. I like listening to stuff that I can sing. And I'm a trained singer. Like I told you, I'm a little soprano. So I like music that I can sing. So I'd be listening to the really outdated, easy listening station. Love it. Love it. Any other Miami businesses, organizations, individuals, entrepreneurs that you want to show a little bit of love to that you think are doing amazing things? Well, I told you, United Way all over the country is phenomenal, but United Way of Miami-Dade and Broward, they really shine and they're doing so much right now. I know United Way of Miami-Dade is doing these food drives every Tuesday and it's so great to see. They are being so active and pulling in volunteers. And I've been actually doing some fun readings. I just taped a few more and I sent them in. I'm calling them Lori's Stories. They have a wonderful Reading Pals program where you read to kids one-on-one. -on -one. And since they can't do that right now, they are going to take these recorded stories on camera and send them to as many as 500 low-income kids, usually ages like one to five. And so I did a fun reading of The Little Red Caboose and counting by golf from teaching the kids how to count from one to 10. So I've already done two and I'm going to keep filing those every day as many as I can. And I'm also going to send them to the local hospitals. So I hope that will really help my friends at Nicholas Children's, at Baptist, at Cleveland Clinic. They've all contacted me and asked me to help spread the word about their funds that they're creating to help their patients as well as the staff in this tough time. So Obviously, huge shout out to the medical workers and the hospital staffs right now. I can't even imagine the stories that are going to flood out of those ERs and the ICUs when this is over. I mean, it's just, you can't, none of us can truly imagine what our healthcare workers are going through right now. So if a few stories from me, a few Lori stories can make the day for those children, especially who are stuck in the hospital or are at home and can't go to school, can't go to their daycare, I hope that'll really help. 
So big shout out to United Way and their Reading Pals program and Lori Stories, and obviously all the healthcare workers and the grocery store workers and my goodness, the delivery people, the pharmacy staff. It's it so feels so good, doesn't it, when you call your pharmacy and there's someone actually there? You know, it's just nice to know that certain people are still working and they're blessed to be working. They want to be working. They'd obviously rather be home, but they are happy to have a job right now. And we just can't thank people enough for everyone trying to do their part. Yes, yes, yes. I 100% agree. Before we close, the mic is yours. Tell the listeners how to connect with you, how to find out what you're up to. Well, I'm very engaged on social media and I will get back to you within a day, if not less, I promise. So reach out to me. All my social media platforms are at Lori Jennings Live. LoriJenningsLive.com is my website. So you'll find me there. I decided to call my new venture Lori Jennings Live because everything I'm going to do is me live. I'm either your voice trainer, your media trainer, your voice and face on camera, on billboards and commercials for you. So everything I do is Lori Live, Lori Jennings Live. So that's what I'm, my new company is. And my heart is all about it because I love South Florida and I'm definitely not leaving this community. Someone said to me the other day in the store, oh, we're so glad you didn't leave South Florida. I said, of course not, not at all. Just, <laughs> just time to have a little flexibility for family and all the good things in life. And at this point, it's been a beautiful life. Everything else is icing on the cake. Awesome. Lori, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. And listeners, don't forget to visit LoriJenningsLive.com to contact Lori and to learn more about Stories with Lori. Corrado, congrats on your podcast and everything you're doing. And wonderful of you to spread the word about Miami success story. Thank you. Hey guys, this is Corrado again. Two quick things before you take off. One, remember that you can find detailed show notes for every single episode at miamicreators.com. And two, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share this with someone you think would find it interesting. That's it. Until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>